0: I am DM Samuel. I am your host for this evening's festivities, and I am here with my players, and they will introduce themselves
1: in this order. How about Nina first? Hello, uh, I'm Nina, and I play Emerald Ornestra, who is a human storm cleric. And
0: Matthew.
2: Hello, I'm Matt. I'm playing Konos Slendaf, the sea elf warlock.
0: And David.
2: Uh, I'm David,
3: and I play Axley Tillingquest, Quest, the halfling bard.
4: And Karu. Uh, hi, I'm Karu, and I am playing Marcel Duran, the uh, Lutrinian Storm Sorcerer. Um, so who who can do a recap? <laughs> we did a lot of talking with the, the queens, and then at the very end, we went to the library. There's my two session notes.
3: <laughs> did we end just gaining entry to the, the library?
2: Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we learned that. So yeah, so there's two queens. They, we had an interesting diplomatic encounter that kind of got a little awkward at times um, because they were asking Marcel, you know, do you really represent your people or or not? And Marcel kind of went back and forth of, well, yes, I do, but no, I don't really want to. And so they kind of weren't really sure how to even treat us for a little bit. Um, There was one, I made a note. There was one point we kind of upset a couple of their high priests by talking about uh like you know their worship of straben and kind of some of our own individual deities or religious views and whatnot uh there was one point where bolam kind of said that's not delency and i'm like oh do i want to do i want to jump headfirst into that roaring fire and I think I kind of tried to, and I'm like, and I I think it's the last time, you know, it's like things like situations like that, it's like, I want to, but it's like, yeah, how much do I really want to cause you in a a diplomatic incident here when we just got here? Um, So, yeah, Um, we talked more about, you know, our own theories for about what caused the sinking uh, and uh, what's his name?
0: Which one?
2: The really old guy that uh, fought and killed. Now I can't remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, the guy we the guy we fought in the shadow plane, in the cathedral. Oh, Lairalak. Thank you, Lairalak. Good lord. Yeah, write that <laughs> name down. Well, he's only
0: Lairlack. the main yeah. villain. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Uh. Yeah. I know. I mean, you talking about muscle. I'm going to write it down five times so I remember it now.
5: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh. Yeah. And so there was the whole. We got involved, the whole. You know. It's again. It's like we it, we spent a lot of time kind of tiptoeing around. You know potential theories and conspiracies not wanting because we, because we fall into the trap of, you know, well, who do we, we're talking with really powerful people. We don't know of how much we can trust them and we don't, we don't necessarily want to know how much we can, how much we can safely reveal. And then just, it just leads to really awkward situations. And they don't yeah. trust us. So they're not exactly, going to be forthcoming yeah. either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But eventually we kind of, they said, you know, yeah, you can stay here. You, you can get access to the library, which was kind of restricted, as I recall. Um, but they were kind enough to let us go there. So I think, they, yeah, we were heading to there, and then you would have asked us, if, uh, Sam, if we were bringing the Book of Proofs and if we were bringing Blacksley along on our way there. Oh, and there was a dragon. <laughs> oh, yes, the dragon. Right. Yeah. But no, even there's
3: even there's, them, now in hindsight, <laughs> even them granting us access to the library is very passive aggressive in a way because now that we know how difficult it was to get into the library, and them just saying, oh, sure, you can go use the library without offering to give us a guide or any instruction, is that's pretty much akin to saying, yeah, if you can get in.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure, you can go there. It's on you. It's uh, if you can get in, though. But yeah, they mentioned they've been having trouble with a a dragon that we might potentially be called upon to help sort out as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Because what did you learn about the Storm Wyverns?
4: They were supposed to be helpful. They've helped them in the past. So it's kind of odd that we ran into the two young ones that were so aggressive towards us and that it has to do with the dragon and they're kind of overwhelmed. And what was the, the fact
0: about the dragon that was puzzling? there was something interesting about the dragon itself that is
4: wasn't it two elements? Yeah, it, was it had two, red yeah. and green scales. red uh. and green scales yeah i was going to say red and blue but that doesn't make sense. um
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and that's that is that was a really good recap that was that was pretty much it um you questioned them about why everyone was being quarantined um, they shot back with, uh, "How come you don't believe in Straben?" <laughs> uh, and yeah, so there was there was a little bit of push pull there. Um, Konos asked, uh, or maybe it was um, Axley actually that asked about if if the queens recognized the name Batet of Calport, and they indicated yes. Uh, Batet is a famous poet who has now been uh, deceased for many years. He died before the sinking. So he was a pre-sinking poet. And um, Konos asked if the name Bolum held any meaning for them. And their response was that Bolum is a common name in their family line. So that was not helpful. (laughs) And then you went to the library. So uh, the question... Say that again.
2: I said where we signed in or Emeryn did.
0: Right. Emeryn signed in. So, but the question is the question actually, it's on the table is so uh, before you go to the library, I basically said you can say that you're going back to the ship to get whatever you want. You don't have to go directly from the royal house to, you know, from the royal court to the library. Oh, the other thing the Queen said were that you will have, because uh, Marcel is recognized as royalty you have accommodations in the court.
2: Oh, right. Um, you know, yeah, in, we got in, in the royal,
0: Yeah, in the royal um, mansion, in the royal manor. And so you have people that will attend to you there. But what I said, had said was, you can go back to the boat and get whatever you want, and you can determine if you want to take Blacksley with you, and you can determine if you want to take the Book of Proofs with you, and you can determine if you want to take anything else with you into the library. Mm-hmm. So you might want to make those decisions
3: well the book of proofs probably we want to take right because when you when your initial vision that's where it came from that was its origi- original uh, its original spot
1: a little different now mm-hmm. um I, I do think i had mentioned that i did go back to the ship to get um a piece of amethyst that's right at mm-hmm.
2: that's I we were think important we'd also talked about bringing some of these other books that we got from um, you know, own collection because I think, still, I think some of them may have indicated they came from here mm-hmm. okay. or we were talking about maybe donating, donating them
3: uh, I, I want to bring the translation we made of our answer in the book of proofs because mm-hmm. I think that's going to guide me in some further research
1: okay we're all avoiding talking about Blacksmith. Oh yeah. Well, we
3: <laughs> wants to keep an eye on him. We're up. We're going to be busy researching, right? He's going. We don't want him disappearing in the library. You don't? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, you can leave him. You know, on the ship. I would say, yeah. I want. I kind of want him to just stay back and keep an eye on my mom.
3: You just went silent, Imran. Yeah. Yeah. I lost oh, thought of you. Two. Now you're back. I just yeah. dropped out.
0: You want him to stay back and keep an eye on your mom. Well, unless anybody has any objections to that, I think that can yeah. be. <laughs>
5: right.
0: It
4: seems to be doing a pretty good job of taking care of your mom. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. But <laughs> just <laughs> I guess so it's a good thing at this point, so we'll go with it.
1: As long as he doesn't steal my journal uh, again.
4: Just leave the revenant with your mom. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you put it that way, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it'll be fine. Okay. All right, so you go uh, into the library, and the entryway is, um, I believe I mentioned this at the end of the episode last time, or at the end of the session last time, but the, um, the entryway, the outside look of the library was exactly as it was in Immerin's Dream. The entryway was exactly as it was. So the um, outside main entrance has two enormous wooden doors that are made from a single hand hewn from a single piece of wood. And it has, uh, words. It has a picture of a parchment on it, carved into it. And the words, um, all seekers welcome. And then come as you are. That's on the door along with three wavy lines. And then in the entryway, it's, um, a relatively large room. It's about, um, 30 feet by 40 feet, and it's all stone, other than the wooden doors. Excuse me. And um, there's a large stone reception desk a few feet from the entrance. Behind the desk, there's a wall with an enormous boss relief of hooded figures reading and writing. There's a stone statue standing behind the desk, pointing at a book. Um, The book contains the rules of the library, and the rules are exactly the rules as Immerin remembers them in her Dream state, and the rules are no item is to be removed from the premises. Copies can be made manually with your own parchment, or services can be provided. It says if you need help, just call on Tavros and please sign in to the right. And at the end of last session, Immerin signed in with the name, Daughter of Goras. Yes,
5: mm-hmm.
0: and after she signed in the um, the doors behind the reception desk sort of slide back and apart and they reveal an entryway slash lobby area. And so if you all step into that, I will tell you what you see. If you all step in, the doors will close behind mm-hmm. you. So if you don't want the doors to close behind you, don't step in. If there's anything else you want to do in the room currently.
4: At this point, I think we're just following Amberin. Um, so this room
0: has uh, the enormous stone double doors behind you that slid back. When you walk into this room, those slide closed and forward again. And this room is probably 50 feet by 40 feet, so it's an enormous, you know pretty much every space in this in this library so far has felt enormous. The outside of the building is a, is huge as well. It's about 500 by 400 feet which is probably one of the largest buildings you've ever seen, if not the largest. This room itself is very large. Um, it has lit candles on uh, small shelves all around the edges. There's an ornate podium, sort of st- kind of like a standing desk podium thing in the southeast corner. There's a brass bell on the podium and an enormous book sitting on the podium. And then all along the other um, walls are... Um, like bench seats, but they're all made of stone. So it's kind of a waiting room kind of area. And there are doors uh, behind you that you just came through. And then there's also one on the, um, to the, to your left and to your right. And also in front of you. And the podium is on the Southeast corner. Did I, Is it Southeast or Southwest? It is on the Southeast corner.
4: The door we came in through is what, uh, Cardinal it's door. behind you, which is north. North. Okay, so we're, like, going south. You're into are south. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's a
0: there's a door in each cardinal direction, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: And there's nobody else here besides us?
0: No one but you, in this room.
2: Well, is anything written on the walls?
0: Nope.
3: Next to the doors? No. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go take a
0: look. I want to look at the podium. Okay. Book and the bell. Um, the podium the book has a black leather cover and um, on the front it says catalog. The bell is just a simple small brass bell.
1: I'm assuming the doors are closed, right? All the doors are closed, yes.
0: They are mm-hmm. wooden.
2: I'm going to open up the catalog book and just kind of turn a couple pages and see what's in there.
0: Okay. Um, so the uh, front page, it, it's a list and it just says topic and then it, uh, to the right of that, it says location. And it's this enormous list of topics. And, you know, for example, it starts anatomical, then goes arcane, then divine. And then fauna far near plateau, flora far near plateau, history far near, history cultural, history. In other words, it's a listing of topics, okay? And the location lists things like auditorium, theater, uh, stacks, maze bee. Stacks A, Stacks D. So, uh, for the benefit of the audience, the topic anatomical says it's located in the auditorium, the theater, and the ossuary. Arcane is in Maze B. Divine is in the chapel and Maze C. Fauna, far near in plateau, it says pins, Stacks L and Stacks M. Flora, far near in plateau, it says statuary, Stacks I and Stacks K. History far and near, it says stacks B, stacks A. History culturals in stack C. Military histories in stack D. Fictional histories in stack J. Infernal, it says reaches B. Martial, it says maze A. Primordial, reaches J. Scribes are in the vats and reaches A. Sounds are in maze D. Speech is in maze E. Time is in the planetarium and reaches M. And then topography, far, near, and plateau are in stacks P, stacks O, stacks N, and the planetarium. How tall is the podium? It's probably three, four feet tall. Not, it's not enormous or like
4: made for a giant or anything, but it's made for a standard size human. So I put my hands on the edge and go. So is there any map in there?
5: Because
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm four feet tall. <laughs>
5: She's
2: like Hawk. you and me both.
3: <laughs> <sighs>
2: I'll just pick the just pick the book up and just kind of bring it down to so here. Here we go.
4: Uh, it oh, won't come it. off the podium.
0: Oh, Interesting.
2: Right.
4: They really need to like put like a, a stool for tiny people. Um,
0: as you say that, a stone stool appears next to you.
4: Oh, okay.
0: Um, it's about a foot and a half tall.
4: Convenient. I'm just, like, looking around. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that means you can just say where you want to go and you'll get led there. And you don't need a map.
3: Or maybe you can speak what you're looking for.
4: Yeah. What are we I mean, To begin with. I kind of want to try something.
1: So, I remember when we were back in, like, the... We were in, like, the Raven Queen's temple or whatever. like... I asked Goras to guide us out, and I kind of like tranced and just like walked. Mm-hmm. It kind of happened in the dream I had about being here, and I not want to try it again. Keep tabs, because I couldn't find a way out in my dream.
0: Oh, wow. In your dream, wow. I, will, I will point out to you that in your dream, dream- <laughs> when the doors opened, they opened into a room that had shelves and books and tables. Oh, weird. They didn't open into this lobby area. So this is the first piece that you've seen that is not was not in your dream.
5: Sure.
3: But it's not encouraging that they actually call their areas where they store their books mazes.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> or, it's kind or, of...
2: or reaches. Mm. <laughs> Things to get lost in.
4: Hey, to be fair, a bunch of stacks of books can become a maze when there's that many books. I don't think it's necessarily meant to be like... M- intentionally obtuse necessarily unless that is a point and more Mm -hmm. like navigating that place is a maze for anyone who's not familiar with it.
3: Well, the only way to find out is to settle on a topic and try to go through the motions of locating it. Anyone have any ideas?
2: I want to quick, just walk around to the other doors and just see if they're labeled at all. Like, like this way to the the stacks, this way to the planetarium or, or anything else like that.
0: Um, yes. So uh, on the door to the east, there is a label, and the label says B, like a capital letter B, and it's in a very old script. The door to the west says A, also in a very old script, and then it says, comma, N, the letter N, the door to the south says C, comma, M So not, not in alphabetical order.
1: Open the door to the east.
0: Are you telling someone to or are you doing it? Do it? Okay. Uh, the door yeah. swings open very easily and it opens into a very large room that has it has a uh, display case to the north that it has shelves on it. And those shelves contain hundreds of um, large pieces of what look like corkboard with all manner of small flying insects pinned to it, covering up the entire northern wall, which is about 50 feet long. To the south, the room opens out about 40 feet, And there are shelves of books lining the entire walls and also a couple in the center of the room. And in between those, there are big tables with rolls of parchment and little vials of ink and quills on them. Out of this room, there is a door on the um, eastern wall, but it's in the south part of the wall. So it's a rectangular room. And there is a door on the southern wall. There's the door that you just opened. Um, and there are various archways that do not have doors in them. One of them leads to the east. One leads to the west. One leads to the south. You can see nice. through those um, archways lots and lots and lots of shelves
1: of books. I Feel like the best is to just pick something and see if we can find, find it.
3: it. I mean that the insects appear to be what. Pins refers to right under the fauna section of the index. It says that so they're partially located the, in pins.
0: Yeah, the, those pins are p e n s, which is either writing pins or animal pins. Pins that you pin a
1: butterfly uh, with is p i n s. Uh, Anybody have a preference? You can also ring the bell. What happens? Mm-hmm. That might- and also
0: remember the fourth The fourth rule was. Oh, no, the third rule was, if you need help, call on Taurus.
4: Taurus. Hmm. Well, before we ask anyone for help, we might want to figure out what we want to do first. Yeah. Because it'll depend on yeah. that. What do we want to look for first?
3: What's at the top of the <laughs> list?
4: Anatomical. I don't think that matches our list, though.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, I mean, I've got... Things I, I mean, I would I would want to find as much as about either the blue the blue plateau, the threefold lake, or the soul spire as possible. So I'm thinking that's going to be in arcane, or
4: I mean, it could also be. A, I'm not sure what they mean by plateau, but uh, okay. So we could start with looking for more information about the soul spire, and then ask Tavros for help finding that information. Place to start definitely better than getting lost in one in the world's largest library yeah.
3: i mean laralac right is a place to start i guess since see if no there's one's... any
4: entries on, in, under his name
2: yeah sure if we checked uh history you probably might find something on him all right i'll go back to the last room i'm just gonna pick up the bell and give it a little ring
0: okay um after about 20 seconds a very short humanoid creature uh Opens the door from the south from that room that you're in. Did everybody else go back to that room too, or did you all stay in the other room to the east?
4: I, I probably was still
0: there, just like peeking into the other room, but not going. Okay. Um, and uh, they said, "Yes, what would you like uh, to snack on today?"
2: Oh, oh that's oh, you snack. have food. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, we were looking. Were well, anybody else hungry? <laughs> I don't want to just send you them just away. But...
4: At the palace, but maybe something to drink. Reading his thirsty work. Just some ale. Very well. And he snaps his fingers
0: and disappears. And then about 20 seconds later, you hear another snap. And he reappears. And he's carrying in front of him. He's got his arms wrapped around as big as him, almost a little keg. And it has four glasses at the top, four steins at the top. And he sort of goes, "Uh," and he kind of sets it down next to the podium.
2: Oh, give, here, let me give you a hand with that. That looks heavy.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's my job. No worries, no worries. Uh, what else can I get for you today? I think that's it.
2: Well, where is the, where's the, where is Maze B? I'm trying to find uh, a few books about some arcane matters.
4: I've never been there. Oh. I, I, yeah. I think, I think we should ask Tavros.
2: Aren't are you Tavros? Oh, no, no. Oh, well, I'm sorry. That's okay.
4: I'm the library caterer.
2: Okay. Uh, Where's Tavros?
0: Uh, You have to call on him. And he snaps his fingers and he's gone.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, considering I just said Mm -hmm. I need a stool and the stool showed up, um, Mm -hmm. I think you just, yeah, just call on him.
2: Uh Excuse me, Tavros? So
4: as you say that,
0: um, you see a sort of um, almost like smoke sort of waft in from nowhere. <laughs> it just sort of <laughs> wafts in from the ceiling, but there's no like entryway from the ceiling that it could be coming from. Yeah. And it takes it about 20 seconds, but it coalesces into a human sized, robed, humanoid shaped creature. He has a hood on that is so uh such a Extensive cowl that it's covering his entire face, so you don't really see a face behind the the cloak hood. Um, but uh, he sort of, when he's finished appearing, he says, "What do you need?"
2: Uh, we're looking for materials on the arcane. Can you tell us how to get to the maze, please?
0: You must travel south and then enter the printing machine room or the auditorium. Go down the stairs, travel more south, beyond the beehive, into the main hall, and you will see the maze.
3: Do you have a map of the
0: library? Yes, I do. Can we borrow it? (laughs) It is in here.
4: Ah, interesting. So do you have any books in the arcane section about, like, a wizard or something named Laralac? Perhaps.
0: Would you like me to check for you? Yes, please. I shall return. Feel free to do as you will. I will find you. Okay. And then he slowly disappears
4: into smoke, and then is gone. I feel like Marcel lost a few years in my voice today. <laughs> um.
3: <laughs> I get so. the impression this place is huge and a maze mm-hmm. into itself. Wandering around it, yeah, without any direction is going could be uh, effort and futility.
4: Yeah, I think I think I got the first half of that before I just kind of my brain fizzled and died.
2: <laughs> he said go yes, to printing... the
0: printing the weight of the weight of the building itself, you feel it. Like it is just vast. It's the kind of place that just feels huge. What he said was, uh, go south until you reach either the printing machine or the auditorium and then go down the stairs, still continue south. Past the beehive, and then you'll find the maze.
1: <laughs> <laughs> up for a journey.
2: Well, might as well, right? At least he says he'll find us.
4: Yeah, might as well.
2: But first, it'd be a shame if all this went to waste, and I'll take a glass and fill it and quaff my thirst before we. It's, it seems like it's going to be a bit of a walk.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I probably just fill up my cup and drink half of it, fill it up again, and we'll go, okay, let's go.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very, very good
2: ale.
4: Great.
2: Actually, you should try some of this. Pretty good.
3: <laughs> All right. Why not? <laughs> we may have a very long walk ahead of us. And running from bees. I, <laughs>
5: and that's a little concerning. <laughs> okay.
0: So do you start heading south? Yeah. Okay. So uh, the door to the south opens easily. It's not locked. And it opens into a small 10-foot by 10-foot hallway where there is another door that leads into a room to the south. That room is um, all, almost exactly the same size as the lobby room you just came out of. It also has doors on the east, the west, and the south. The door to the east is labeled D, the letter D. The door to the west says Map Gallery, and to the south it says Main Hall.
2: So south. I'm
0: just south. Nobody wants to go into the Map Gallery.
2: <laughs> Maybe on the way back.
0: Okay. Uh, So (laughs) south, the south door opens easily. You find yourself in a 10-foot-wide hallway that goes down about 30 or 40 feet and then ends in a T. There's a door in front of you, and the hallway stretches off to the east and the west. You see doors at the end and also some arched passageways along the length of the hall. The door in front of you says auditorium. Keep going. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. yep looking for for stairs at this point um as we're going on i was asking emeryn is any of this looking familiar to your dream
0: i don't think so not yet so uh I i should also probably point out in every hallway if there are not bookshelves there are display cases with various and sundry different collections of things. So for example, in that other room you'd seen the one with all of the different butterflies and other flying insects. There's also one there was one that had um, uh, different um, like snake skins. there was one that had some different uh, pieces of metal. so so every hallway has something in it. it's not just a 10 foot wide 10 foot long hallway piece that's that's blank. it had it's stuffed full in every direction that you look with things. And those things are either books or they are collections of things well organized on a shelf unit of some sort. Okay. Um, And then you open the door into the auditorium and this is a very, very large auditorium. It is probably about 70 by 70 and it has no bookshelves in it. Instead on the South wall is a small stage with a lectern, a traditional lectern. And behind the lectern is a large blackboard. And around that small stage, which is kind of a half circle, there are benches. And each row is a few feet behind the other and a few feet higher than the one in front of it. And along the east and the west sides of the room are dozens and dozens of skeletons in glass cases. There is a door... To the east, there's actually two doors. To the east, one kind of in the middle of the room, and one on the southern portion. There's a door to the west, and there's a door to the south, along with the lectern and the
2: skeletons.
4: Looking for stairs at this point? Yeah, they're probably on behind the southern door. I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, like south was the like kind of the general direction we were given. Just do any of these skeletons? Like, are there humanoid skeletons or?
0: There are, are all manner of skeletons. Quite a few of them are humanoid. Some of them are distinctly human. Some of them are definitely not human, although humanoid in shape. Some of them are other things. The lectern does have a book on it, and it is ornate. The lectern itself is ornate.
2: Uh, take a look, quick look at the book on the lectern.
0: You notice that each corner of the, the, bu- the book is open, and each corner of it is fastened to the lectern with a bolt. And as you sort of your eyes follow down, you see that the lectern itself is bolted to the floor. Um, As you get closer to it to take a look at it, you kind of hear it creaking back and forth. Um, the, The book is open and the first page says, The Marriage of the Rain and the Sea, an initiatory text. And then there's some more writing if you want to read.
2: Yeah, I'll flip through a page or two.
0: Um, it appears that this particular text is about uh, the marriage of goros and Straben and it is the narrative of the story that uh, that um, talks about the combining of their power and how they how they elicit different responses uh, from the divine energy that they both produce. Um, Konos, give me a perception check, please.
2: Okay, right. a twenty-one.
0: Okay. You notice as you're sort of as you move the pages and you're sort of glancing at the book, you notice that several of the skeletons that are in the in these glass cases kind of pivot their head towards you and are kind of almost looking at you, hmm. just almost imperceptible, just barely
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's concerning (laughs) okay also uh,
0: the the others of you that are sort of sort of looking around as he's uh, messing with the book you notice that it's not just adult skeletons there's also some child or young skeletons there's also different sizes of the different other types of creatures not just human
2: as I notice this, I say, "Well, Emmeran, you might find this fascinating, but I think the audience here may not uh, like us being in here. So maybe we should keep going." Audience, That's
5: terrifying. Do
2: you all see those skeletons kind of moving around, looking at me, looking at us? Do we? You can.
0: Well, now that he's mentioned it, if you pay attention to them a little bit more, and he keeps flipping through the book, you will notice that they. Almost imperceptibly have moved their heads to pay attention to.
4: Huh,
0: fascinating.
4: Well, I mean, what are they going to do? They're (laughs) skeletons inside a a glass case. All they can do is
3: watch us. Um, You've got an attentive crowd.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Akonis, roll me
0: an intelligence uh, check, please. Okay. Actually, a, a save, I should
4: say.
2: Oh! Oh! Okay. Sorry. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Very different. Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean yeah, to mislead you. Uh, Slightly different four, notation four, there. 14.
0: Um. Okay. You get the sense that this book would really, really, really like it if you switched to being a cleric instead of
5: the current <laughs> class. Oh! <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: What is happening? Um, it does not force you, but you get the sense you 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 know that if you read that book word for word, by the end of reading that book, you would be a cleric of either Goras
4: or Straben. Hmm. I have so many regrets of not taking Detect Magic. Time, <laughs> I, like I don't think edit. I don't think you
2: need that spell. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to cast it because I have it. <laughs> uh, I'll cast attack magic. It's, it's my it's my one a day, so I'll do it, yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: like I have this like cause that will give you at least what kind of magic is going on with different places, but at the same time I feel like this whole place is magical and it will probably give you the equivalent of a headache just from the amount of different auras showing up everywhere. (laughs)
2: everywhere. Yeah, I'm going to step away from the book at the moment. I mean, plus, this is is the the sort of lesser detect magic. It basically just says, yes, it is, or no, it's not. It doesn't give me, like, what school or anything like that.
4: It just tells you if it's magical.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are you telling us, like, all this...
2: Yeah, I mean I was so I would say yeah. So so I mean I mean Emerson you might want to you might find this interesting. It talks about, you know, Goros and Straben, Oh, well that's and then and then and that's then he kind of starts to get the notion of oh if he continues reading this too much, you know, other things might happen.
1: Curiosity is getting the better of my uh, fear of the skeletons. I'm going to look at the book as well. So um
0: Konos, the magic on this book is so strong that even though you typically cannot tell the school of magic, you actually do. You can tell that this has a dual abjuration and transmutation magical effect on it.
2: Yep, you're right. Definitely magical.
0: Now, what is Immerin doing?
1: I want to look at the book. Okay. Um, and. In- Have I heard of this story? Like the marriage of Boros and Straven? Um so no. You have
0: not heard of this particular piece of mythology. (laughs) Um But if you I mean, do you start to read it or what how are you investigating? Uh, I'm curious. Okay. Um so the marriage of the rain and the sea. So um The um the, it would take you a really long time to read the whole book. I mean, I'm assuming you only want to spend a couple minutes. But basically, it tells a story of Goros and Straben in the before times, when all that was in existence was the sun, the moon, the earth, and time. And Straben made water and left Goros, and Goros. Was upset, and Goros, in order to revisit Straben, created clouds and lightning and rain so that at least a portion of Goros could be returned to Straben when Straben because Straben left. Now you're not getting the details of the story. You don't know why Straben left. You don't know what happened to make Straben leave, or what what happened with Goros beforehand. But that is supposedly the. You know, you recognize this as a typical religious scriptural text that is explaining why there is a natural phenomena, and the natural phenomenon is storms and the sea and the water cycle. Okay, um, it's also, however, written in the typical way that you know that you learned about the. Uh, truth of Goros and how Goros relates to other deities in the Pantheon and how you were taught in your religious upbringing when you became a cleric, when you were an acolyte and then all that stuff. It's written very much in that style. So um this is very this would be very similar to like um the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? Or some piece of scripture that didn't get put into the uh, the Bible, right? That exists but wasn't chosen to be in the Bible itself, so it didn't get passed down for the through the centuries, but then it gets uncovered later. That's kind of what this is. This is not the typical thing that you hear about Goros and it's definitely. I mean, you know, because the, when you learn about Goros, when you become an acolyte of Goros, you're not taught about Straven. I mean, you you're taught the basics, but you're not taught anything about any relationship between them. And this indicates otherwise. Interesting. There's nothing in it that immediately, I mean, granted, you didn't spend th- five hours reading it. You only spent a few minutes. But there's nothing in it that immediately strikes you as no. That's Against everything I've ever been taught, this is absolutely false. There's no way this is true. This is a lie. This is someone trying to, you know, taint whatever. It just is there. That doesn't mean it's true. It just means it doesn't have any obvious tells about. You know, you can't look at it and obviously, so that's obviously not. You know, like if I wrote something, you'd uh, you could read me and you could read a passage from Shakespeare. You'd be like, obviously, you know, this one over here is not Shakespearean, right? okay but you don't, you can't do that with this particular passage with this book
1: kind of relay that to the group
4: so, also i
0: need you to make me an intelligence safe
1: oh, god dang no. it
4: <laughs> so what's a religious book doing pe- uh, nailed down in the anatomical section
0: 13 how much 13
4: 13
0: okay um it's very similar to, um, to Konos. You get the idea that if you read this book and you really sort of took to heart the things that it says in this book, you would become a cleric, but a cleric of Straben. Oh,
4: okay.
0: You're Weird. already a cleric of Goros. You would become a cleric. Weird. Of I
4: back off.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does not compel you to do that because you rolled. High enough, but so why did? They both of you just
4: back off from the book like that.
0: Oh yeah, and also I should probably tell you while, Immerin was reading the book, the skeletons, oh, wow. <laughs> like stood up at attention. is he? Like they, you could tell they sort of. Now they're obviously looking.
3: Right, hey, we're out. Is there a chalkboard? <laughs> is there a chalkboard in the room behind the There ch- is. Uh, yes, there's a black. Is board there any? Is there any chalk? Okay, I'm going to write on the chalkboard, Alara lack of common sense will get ass kicked.
5: <laughs> oh my God.
3: Love it. Oh, wow. Okay, I got to write that
1: Lauren down. just looks up from the book with this sentence behind her and <laughs> all of the skeletons standing up and is just like, no, no, we're not. A
3: lecture, a lecture series in 10 parts by Axley Tillingquist.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I explained that the book makes me feel like I want to be a cleric of Straben, but it's not really me wanting that, it's the book wanting that.
2: Yeah, I kind of felt the same thing. So, yeah, okay, yeah, careful with that one. Unless uh, you really...
1: south door to see if we can find some stairs.
2: Yeah, unless you're really looking for it to change your life, maybe don't read that book. No.
4: <laughs> Thanks. But, but what's that book doing in the, like, anatomical... I know, like...
2: Maybe someone was lecturing it?
3: from it. It's a, a lecture it's a hall.
4: It, no, it's a theater. It's not a lecture hall. I mean, I suppose you could lecture in a theater. I was thinking more of like acting, but I suppose that's uh, it's a different kind. A, yeah, of
0: it's thing. an auditorium. That's, yeah. That was what it was labeled, auditorium. Right. Auditorium. There was there were two listings. There was auditorium and also theater was listed.
4: Yeah, right. So anatomical like spreads out between three different places. Not that this is all three of them. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: Well, plus ossuary, which would be the bone room.
4: This definitely looks like a bone room to me, but I suppose an ossuary is more of a, like, not put to display uh, more of a collection of boxes full of bones, which is probably even creepier than a bunch of uh, (laughs) skeletons standing at attention, waiting for someone to read the book and turn magically into a cleric. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, if they're gonna stand there anyways and do nothing, it's probably pretty exciting to see who comes into the room and looks at the book and turns into a cleric. Do you get the robes immediately? Do you think?
3: (laughs) And it's a little ironic when you think that if the one thing a cleric probably wouldn't want is an audience of undead standing around.
4: It's true. Do you think you get like suddenly like a like a like the, the the holy symbol just shows up around your neck? You're thinking so
1: hard about this.
4: <laughs> there is one way to find out. Yeah. I, is, I like my storm sorcery magic. <laughs> no interest in all that cleric stuff. Definitely not wise enough for it. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so you go to the south door? Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, there is no label next to this door. When you open it, um, you see a set of stairs down. They're stone steps. Okay. They're very. They're wide. They're ten feet wide, but they're very shallow steps. Mm. Um, not just in depth, but also in the size of the actual treads.
4: And this was so just in- like the door was in the center of the southern side of the.
0: It's in the it? western side of the south wall. Okay. It's the only door in the south wall, and it's dark down oh, there.
1: Cool. In- on my holy symbol and lead the way, I guess. Okay.
0: Um, you travel down. Does everyone have dark vision?
3: Nope. Yeah.
0: So, uh, are you, do you want to cast light? Is that what you said? You cast light? Yeah, I'm going to cast it. Thing?
5: Okay.
0: Um, okay, so the, the light illuminates um, a very narrow the, ha- the stairs down are 10 feet wide, but they're Shallow and narrow. And so it's harder to judge distance, right? So normally with steps, you would know just about how many steps it would take to go about 10 feet. But because these steps have short risers and are shallow in terms of their of their the, the actual tread size, it's harder to sort of get an idea of how far you've gone. But you think probably it's about 50 feet down. And the stairs are pretty slick there the the walls are carved but they're not it's not stone blocks like that were placed it's like carved out of stone um out of like stone slab so it's carved directly into the stone slab in the ground and it's seeping water from the ceiling so there's sort of drips and drabs of water every few feet you get sort of pelted with a raindrop kind of coming from the seepage above your head Um, you go down 50 feet and then the passageway narrows to three or four feet wide and it snakes through it goes to the left to the right mostly keeps going south every once in a while there is sort of a passage off to the left or the right but um, if you keep the southerly direction you travel for what feels like miles and finally there is a T intersection and to your right you see um a set of stairs going up and to your left you see a sorry I'm just checking my notes here. To your right you see a set of stairs going up. To your left you see a door and to the south, so I guess it wasn't a it wasn't a T intersection, it was a plus intersection. To the south you see a door.
3: It doesn't seem like this is meant to be well trafficked.
2: No.
4: We're headed to a maze. I mean, yeah, some of these places are literally called mazes.
2: (laughs) Starting to live up to its reputation a little bit.
4: Yeah, well, past that door should be, if we're on the correct route, the uh, bee-filled place.
2: Does the door to the left uh, say anything on it?
0: It says paper. Oh, uh, the door. Yeah, the door to your left does not say that. Door to your left is where the stairs are. Sorry, okay. I probably I probably didn't give you very good directions. So if you look to your left to your Right. If you look to your right, there are stairs. If oh. You look to your left, there's a door that says paper. And in front of you, to the south, is another door. So to the
4: east is a door, to the west is stairs? Correct. Sorry, I said it backwards the first time, right?
3: Yep. And weren't the instructions to then go up? Or were were they to, at the beehive we're supposed to continue south?
2: Uh so we downstairs, further to the south, beyond the beehive, and into the main hall. So I think south's where we need to keep headed. Okay. Onwards to the south. Yep.
0: And so, um, the door to the south is locked and very heavy. It's made of stone rather than wood, which is where every other door has been made of, and it has a big M carved on it.
3: I'm going to put my ear to the door and listen.
0: Roll me a perception check.
3: Uh, eight. Uh, with...
0: All you hear is the dripping of water from the ceiling, which, by the way, in this last hallway is twenty
4: feet high. Okay,
3: it'll be twelve with the bonuses, but okay. Um,
0: you don't hear anything beyond the door.
3: I don't hear anything.
4: You don't hear any bees beyond the door.
3: No, I was I was hoping I might, but
4: did we get lost already? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't put it past us. So he said he
0: said uh, go south. Mm -hmm. and either find the printing machine or the auditorium Mm -hmm. keep going south and go beyond the beehive
3: and you'll find the maze okay so we need to find the beehive I would think a beehive would be up right because the bees would need to fly into the air
1: this might not be a literal beehive it might be like where scribes
3: yeah true
4: maybe Um, I suppose we could look up the stairs Unless the M is indicating that that is the place we're going to. But it's kind of weird that they have this place locked when everything else is not. I, not th- I don't think door. we want
3: to do any breaking and entering at this point. No. Because we could open it if we really wanted to know what was in there.
4: Possibly. And knock on the door. We probably got some pretty good locks in here. You knock on it? Um,
0: You hear a... um. Like a squeaky, something squeaky, like shifting to the side, like...
4: And you hear, who's there? We're looking for the arcane section. Four. The alchemical section's much better. I don't think we'd find what we're looking for in the alchemical section, to be fair. The password.
2: Password? Pavros didn't say anything about a password when he sent us down this way.
4: Pavros,
0: hold on one minute. And then you hear... (laughs) you hear oh, there we go. you hear like the sound of 20
4: locks being shifted and moved meanwhile I'm sitting behind going see I told you it would be hard <laughs> <laughs> and then you
0: hear uh, grunting and straining uh, uh, uh,
5: uh, uh, uh.
0: and finally the door starts to kind of move Open away from you. It's opening into the room, and as it opens, you see that the door jam is like four feet wide. So this door isn't swinging open. It's being pulled back out of the gap. And then as it as it gets pulled back all the way, you cut. You hear a click, and then you hear, "Ah, God!" Gets harder and harder every time. And then around from behind the the sort of door that's now standing in the middle of the room steps a five-foot-tall rat in the most um, embroidered robes you have ever seen. They are black, and they have every color of thread embroidered into them, and there's probably 100, 150 symbols embroidered into the robes. And it's tied with a piece of rope. And this rat looks very old. He's sort of leaning on a cane. And he says, why didn't you just say that Tavros sent you? you didn't ask?
2: It's our first time here.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. Mine too. <laughs> How long have you been here? Mm, just a few months, I think. Yes, maybe just a few months.
5: Uh-huh.
4: We're, we're, was, was Calport by a lake when you came in? Yes. Cool. Alright. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Is it not anymore? <laughs> no, not really. That. No. <gasps> did it move? What? More like everything else now. did. Like the water rose until it got all joined by water? Oh, you young'uns always trying to play a (laughs) joke. I see now. (laughs) Welcome
0: to the maze. And he sort of sweeps his arm. And you now see that you're in a room that's probably 20 or 30 feet by 20 or 30 feet. Not even important how big it is. But every few feet, there's a passageway out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was the hallway.
3: I'm not broken up about that.
1: <laughs> uh, do you have a name? of course, don't you? told you my name you did. I knocked
0: yeah but it's Cameron. Oh. oh I'm so sorry I, I forgot that already. Let me write it down. and he sort of puts his hand up and and puts his he puts his hand up flat, his left hand flat and then he puts his right hand as if he's holding a pin and then a pin appears a quill, and a piece of parchment appears, and he appears to be writing on the paper. Emeren. Can you spell that for me?
1: I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not really important. Um, what is your name? My name
0: is... He starts writing. Oh, oh, you want me to tell you. Um... My name is Mokotum Flaxsword. Oh, can you
5: spell that? <laughs>
0: it's not important. <laughs> As the DM, I will spell it for you. M O K O M O K O T U M. Oh, sorry. There's two Ks. M-O-K-K-O.
3: The other K is silent.
0: <laughs> Flask sword. F-L-A-S-K sword.
3: Yeah, one of the case is silent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brings you all here.
3: The well, thirst for knowledge.
4: What have you found out since you've been here? That this place is very confusing. It is. Mm-hmm. And that there's books that can turn you into clerics. Mm, that's interesting. I right? haven't seen one. It's up in the auditorium.
2: Oh. Along with a bunch of skeletons who seemed very eager for someone to read to them.
4: Oh, well, did you read to them? No, no, we didn't. Oh, so, do you think if you read that book out loud, everyone in the room turns into a cleric? I don't know. I suppose anything's possible. Huh? Yes. Well, you know, even this the what skeletons? happens
0: when you get old—you start thinking anything's possible. Uh,
4: so, this is the the this whole maze area is all arcane books? No, 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 no. Some of them are
0: in part B, I think. But then there's also other things like martial rules and sounds and speeches and there's a lot in there. How
5: Divine
0: you know- is in there somewhere.
4: How do you know what part is A, B, C? Hmm. Well, you have to go through the maze and find
0: the right area.
3: Are all the mazes connected?
0: Yes, in a way. But there's sometimes etchings that tell you the topic.
3: Is it possible to travel the long distances inside the library with shortcuts?
0: Mm, In the library itself, up there? Sure, I believe so, yes. Mm -hmm. But probably not the maze.
3: Can you get lost in the maze? Is it dangerous?
0: I lost once, but I found my way out. Plus, you know, if you ask for food, they'll bring it to you. So it's not like you get lost and
4: perish or something. Well, starve to death, maybe. I suppose if you forget about food entirely while you're reading, you could still perhaps Stop. maybe. Well, I also hear it depends on what section of. The- maze that you're in oh well we're just looking for the arcane section for now well i think that's in maze b right hmm
0: maze
2: b that's what they said upstairs
0: hmm. well upstairs. so it depends on what kind of arcane that you would like to
4: see there are many schools of magic you know what about learning about magic users Hmm. that would be arcane use Mm -hmm. that's probably in maze b
0: as well but maybe at the end of the section about types
2: of magic what about things on other other plateaus
0: well that would be based on the plateau that it's in what plateau are you looking at
2: the blue plateau
0: is that a far plateau or a
4: near plateau I guess that depends on who you ask. Uh,
2: that's a good question. Yeah.
4: <laughs> what exactly is a far plateau versus a near plateau? Wait, is it easy to get to? Then it's near. No.
3: Are any plateaus easy to get to?
4: I don't think, well, I mean, this if, one, any, if any plateau is easy to get to right now, it's water because it's kind of in our plateau now, I guess. just a drip lately. Wasn't here before.
0: See, in that corner, there's some dripping. I don't like it. It makes it cold.
2: Probably not good for the books, either.
4: Well, they tend to be water-resistant, you know. Magic. Hmm. So, wait, how long has it been dripping? Well, well, so I think I've been here for a few weeks, but
0: it wasn't in the beginning, and now it is. I kind of lost track of time. You see, I was studying, and, Uh well, you know how it is.
2: Uh-huh. What year do you think it is?
0: Oh, well... hmm. Well, it depends. Do you mean on the Reckoning of the Dwarves? Or the Reckoning of the Elves? Or do you mean the Reckoning of the main Dupurnites? Or do you mean the Reckoning of the Calportites? I mean, it sort of depends on whose calendar you're using, right? I mean, I think last year was the Year of the Sword or something. I, I don't know. It's not really that important, um... Uh, oh maybe it's the year of the veil. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've looked at a calendar. Not not much need for that in here.
2: Which way which which which, which of these stacks leads to Maze B?
0: No that was over there and he points. Uh he points to the east. There's about four passages there. For any of the eastern passages I'll get you to the arcane section. It's just a matter of how long it takes you to find the piece that you're really looking for. That's fair.
3: All right. Well, thank you for the directions.
0: Don't mention it. Good luck with your reading. What are you looking for
4: anyway? Information on Laralac. Laralac, Laralac, Laralac,
3: Laralac. Nope.
4: Hmm. Never heard of him? Hmm. Nope. Probably for the
3: best. Where is he from? That's what we're trying to find out.
4: What did he do? Ruin everything? (laughs) Hmm. Well, there were a lot of
0: people that were trying to do that back in the day, you know.
4: Mm -hmm. He might be responsible for a bit of the drip.
0: Oh, really? Hmm. Mm -hmm. He's some sort of a earth mover or something, and changed the
4: way that the earth handles the water or something like that? No, more like dumped a whole plane into ours. He did what? Dumped a plane into ours? Hmm. Well, how did he manage that? That's
0: that what we want to know. It doesn't sound <laughs> like something that some mortal can do.
4: Yeah. You don't think. say. He was a mortal, wasn't he? Maybe. Mm. Sometime, probably.
2: Mm. Not quite sure how much that's held up. How well that's held up, though.
4: Oh, I see.
3: Hmm. We're trying to save the world, you see. Or the worlds. Oh, you are now, are you?
0: <laughs> Some adventuring sort of types? I should well, have I... known from your clothing. You're not
4: hidden here just to read, I can tell. Yeah, we're just here for information. Information is good. Know your enemy, all that. Hmm. Yes, yes, I
0: suspect that's true. I suspect that's true.
4: You ever heard of a dog god? A dog god. Named
1: Shamasahasit. Hmm. Actually, I have heard of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do tell. Not as a dog god, though. Really? As a demon.
4: Oh. <laughs> That's worse. Well, that makes sense, I suppose. <clears throat> well, it it was a, a sort of lesser <laughs>
0: thing, and then it was... Hmm, yeah. I don't know if imprisoned is the right word, but... Sealed
4: away?
5: Well,
0: yes, that probably matches. Sure, that's, that's a fine way to think about it, I suppose. But, but, you know, it, it was enslaved, sort of. So not really caged, but more trapped. Enslaved by whom? Well by well, the more powerful demons, of course. Those are really not you know very nice creatures. Uh-huh. Of course. So this 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 Shemasa thing. It's it was ambitious more than others. And it rose up and it caused problems. Brought chaos.
3: But it Bring a- present tense.
0: It, it earned the respect of some of the other major demons, but you know those creatures they war amongst themselves all the time. so you really quite don't know exactly what that means if if it earned their respect. I mean
3: you know in all of my readings usually demons of power are mostly bound for the use of their power
0: or bound so that they can't follow their ambitions, right? I mean, it sort of depends who's binding. Uh, uh, Shimasa was part of the demon incursion that happened with the last great war. The evisceration,
4: you know. So it would be bad if he came back. Well, I would say so, yes. Well, then we'd better find a way to make sure he doesn't come back. That's our
3: original query of trying to find the research we're looking for.
4: Oh, that's what your arcane
0: research is about. You're looking for some Shamasa Hasit. I thought
4: you were looking for that other fellow.
3: Well, they're well, related.
4: Lollipop or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Lollipop is trying to free Shamasa Hasit.
1: <laughs> Sorry, that really got me. <laughs> I figured we needed a little bit of levity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, looking through my notes, I'm like, lollipop, who's lollipop?
5: Oh,
4: Oh, I see. Well, that's a problem. Exactly. I agree. So we figured if we find out where this guy comes from, maybe we can figure out, you know, how to get to him and stop him. Mm. Yes, well, perhaps my people can help you, but maybe I should leave and gather them. I think it would be better if you maybe helped us find this information. You know this place better than we do. I've never really spent much time in the
0: arcane section.
4: Oh maybe you have more information on the divine area I guess, Shamasa are devils divine? I don't
3: I don't suppose we have an acquaintance in common. You don't you don't happen to know Tadius the goat, do you?
0: Taddias? Mm-hmm
3: mm-hmm,
0: no, should I?
3: you just seem to run the same circles.
0: Mm. I'm just an old rat man,
3: By that I mean round and round and round in circles.
0: <laughs> well, you know, when you get up to be as old as I am, you sort of have a hard time spitting it out if you know what I mean.
4: <laughs> Do it is rat people one of the current ava- uh, like people that live? On this world,
0: yeah, there's actually a, a region of Calport called Rat Town. It's to the south. Oh, okay,
4: oh. all right. Um, so it's not like we're seeing this guy that like his people have been dead for like 50 years and he doesn't know. No, no.
0: they're okay. still yeah, they're still around.
4: He still might not recognize anything going out though. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yes. My people, let's go help. He's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not a very long-lived species, right?
4: Hmm. They're so kind like of like
0: Lutrinians. They're they're kind of like 40, 50 years
4: max. So this guy has lived way longer than he should have, which is probably also why he's messed up with his time.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Interesting. Well, let's make sure we don't lose time. So at the same time, it would be really funny if we were in here so long that when we left, people would be like, remember that lutrinian that showed up like a hundred years ago with the sword (laughs) of his people and then he just vanished?
2: It would be more like, you know, we come out and a hundred years later and the crew's like, hey, now you owe us overtime.
4: (laughs) 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 I think by that point they would have just taken the ship and um, decided who was the new captain. (laughs) We did leave a lot of valuable on board. I'm sure they could have paid themselves and just gone off with the ship. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) So you're asking him to go into the arcane section
4: with you? If he wants to tag along. Um, I was my um, my encyclopedia knowledge person, who doesn't even play this game, reminded me that Lutrinians have only been around since the sinking. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> I am suddenly very interested mm-hmm. in the fact that this guy doesn't seem bothered at all by the fact that a Lutrinian is talking to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, going to come up in conversation,
0: <laughs> right? He might just think you're some kind of weird, like, you know, who knows, right?
4: I mean, I suppose I could look rat-like, because I'm definitely shorter, much shorter, mm-hmm. and smaller ears. And either my tail got lobbed off at some point or became furrier, but um, <laughs> I do have a tail that's just furrier mm-hmm. than a rat tail. <laughs> and a bit thicker at the base. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess your your hands are very similar, and um, yeah. I mean,
4: I think rats have uh, more human-looking hands, in which like mm-hmm. rats don't have fur on their hands, and and at least the back of mine probably mm-hmm. do have. Like, I have like more of the like paw pad going on. Yeah, yeah. Than a rat does. Definitely don't have rat feet. Yeah. The other thing about uh,
0: the otter folk, right? He's also looking at you, and you have robes on, right? So. Like,
4: uh, no,
0: or a, or a cloak you have cloak on. I mean,
4: yeah, I suppose I do have mm. a cloak on.
0: Yeah. Um, he might sense some kind of, but he would be able
4: to see yeah. like the, the, mm. the head shape is different too. Cause like mm-hmm. otters have a very different oh, for head sure. shape. Yeah. And I, yeah. Rats are have very that. elongated. Otters are more rounded. Yeah. And otters don't really have like vision visible whiskers mm-hmm. as I mean, they have, I think they do, but. Yeah, they they are much whiskers, shorter. But
0: they're, they're different. Yeah. They're
4: very different. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah,
0: but no, he doesn't He doesn't make any. He doesn't even. It's like he doesn't even notice.
4: I mean, to be fair, he might have seen other Luternians come into the library. He
0: also doesn't make any comments about Otto and the crow. <laughs> Wait,
4: those are with us? Yeah. I'm forgetting they're with us. <laughs> oh,
1: Fox is here too.
0: Who is? Oh, your, your Pelker? Fox, yeah. Uh huh. It's like a freaking menagerie.
5: It is.
4: No, it didn't yeah. say enough that's allowed. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it didn't. Nope. Um,
0: yeah. So, so what are you going to do? Are you going to ask him to go with you? Is that what you you did ask him to go, right? Yeah.
4: He said he hasn't been in the arcane section, right? Right. He's still a better guide than us getting lost on our own.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Besides, he seems to like us or at least someone to talk to. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so, um, are you going to make your way through those those exit doors that he pointed out? Then yeah, okay. yeah, the each ones. As you do that, he he sort of starts trying to push the door, the other door, back in place. Uh, and it takes him a while to get the giant stone to move. Help him! I'll
2: give push him it. With that. Yeah, just yeah.
0: okay. Roll me a strength check.
4: I just cheer from the sidelines with my eight strength.
0: 22.
4: <laughs> uh, ba-da, ba-da, ba-da,
3: sorry.
0: It's okay. Uh, 19. 19. Sorry. Okay. Actually, are you going to help? Or are you just going to cheer from the sidelines?
3: I'll cheer from the sidelines. Okay.
0: Um, you two start pushing on the door um, and it doesn't seem to help him at all. Like it's all, it's like you're pushing on this thing and it's not moving. And every once in a while, he like, he'll like he put in like a grunt, like, uh, and it'll move a little bit. But you don't seem to be having hardly any effect. Um, but eventually, he and you there beside him helping get it pushed all the way back into place. But you really don't feel like you've helped at all. Um, and then he just sort of waves his finger, and all the locks start locking. Just And then a bar slides across. Another bar slides down.
3: That must be how you stay in such great shape.
0: <laughs> well, you know, doing that over the over the few weeks I've been here, I really feel like it's revitalized my musculature.
3: It shows.
4: So have you met many other people here in the library in your weeks? Few. I mean the cleaners.
0: And the some Tavros helps me sometimes. And hmm, not very many people come down to the maze. You know, it's very confusing. Every once in a while, someone comes in. Usually it's some big highfalutin wizard or something, and they want to come in and
4: they have a very specific thing to look at so they don't really want to talk to me, you know. I guess that's fair.: Seen any other Lutrinians beside me?: Any who? Lutrinian. What's that? That's what I am. Oh. I thought you were a halfling. It's a very hairy one. Mm, No. Mm. Well, what are you? A lutrinian. Right, but
0: what is that?
4: Yeah, some call us otter folk, because, you know, we look like otters. Oh, did you get polymorphed? Is that why you're looking for the arcane section? You want to reverse that? (laughs) No, no, we were always like that. We just weren't from this plane originally. Oh. We're kind of newcomers.
0: Well, which plateau are you from? Maybe I can get you back there. The water plateau. The water one. Hmm. Would you like to go back?
2: Do you have a way to go back there or send someone there?
0: Well, there's a mage teleportation circle
4: in the mazes here. Really? Yes. And it lets you go back to, like, uh, the water plateau? Well, it depends on what you program into
0: it, I suppose.
3: I thought they were outlawed for use.
0: Oh, you know, we don't really talk about this one.
2: Oh, okay. Do you know Should when I won't time? tell anyone? Okay. Do you know when the last cool. time anybody used that one is?
0: Probably a couple of days ago. I don't really rightly know. It's not as if I stand around it. You know, I've been doing my own research. Yeah, that's. Fair. I mean, I was overdoing my own when you called for me and knocked on the door.
2: What did you say you were researching
0: again? I was over in the reaches
4: looking at the infernal texts. That sounds, like, even more dangerous than reading a book that turns you into a cleric. I suppose that's why it's down here in the reaches and not up there in the auditorium where everyone can see it. You know, that makes sense. But aren't you afraid it's just gonna, like, turn you into a devil instead of a cleric? Or a demon? Well, you know, some of the people think that
0: my kind are devil people anyway. Preposterous, but that's what they think. That's why I'm over there. Hmm... Trying to find something that proves that my people did not help those devils and demons last time there was a war. They already blamed the gnomes, you know.
3: Perhaps the best way to prove yourself is to undo it and help us defeat them the second time.
4: Undo what?
3: The damage the devils have done.
4: Well, that's hard to do. There's a lot of them. That's true. But like, say, someone were to like connect our plane with the water plateau, so that all the water in the water plateau ended up in ours. Very horrible idea. Why would you think of such a thing? It's just my grand imagination. I see. Mm-hmm. How do you? How would you go about undoing that? Well, that sounds like a rift.
0: So you'd have to sew up the rift somehow. I think.
3: But wouldn't so we have to have get have all to- the water back that already escaped back into the...
0: Oh, you want to get the water back, too. Hmm. Yes, that would be a problem. I suppose you, you'd you have to pull through the rift backwards
4: the way that it came in and then back out. So, like, reverse the rift. Is that possible? No, I, I... I don't know what caused all the water to
0: come through the rift, you see, so I don't know how to make that go backwards, but that's what I would expect
4: would have to happen if you wanted to all go. Where would such a rift be? Could it be anywhere? Or could there be, like, locations where it could be easier to make such a rift? You know, there's a section on rifts.
0: Ooh, let's go there. There's not a lot of them known about, you know. They're problems. They're not planned, you know. Like ladders and gates are planned, but but rifts are tears, and some of them happen randomly. And I suppose it's true that perhaps some could be caused on purpose. Can't imagine why anyone would want to do that, other than a devil or a demon. But
3: who knows? I'll, I'll pull out the pages from the Book of Proofs transcription that we have and I'll I'll show him some and say this is a this is a detailed breakdown of a, a, how it may have happened and how it could be undone that we're trying to understand.
0: He sort of wrinkles his eyebrows, his nose is like doing that rat thing where it's like sniffing around
3: and he says, "What's it supposed to say?" "It's a mystery to be solved."
0: A mystery. Hmm. Are you solving it?
3: Uh, that's what we're here to do.
0: Well, are you going to write that in common?
3: (laughs) This is as clear as as we could get it at the moment.
0: Oh. Well, you know, there's a table in there. You could sit and work
4: on it if you want to. Little puzzle thing.
3: I'm sure we'll be spending some time with it.
4: So you said beside drifts, there's the ladders and...
3: Mm.
4: Yes. Ladders and what? Gates. 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 Those are known stable locations, right? Yes. And the gates are to go to a plateau, and the ladders to come back? The gates go to some plateaus, and the ladders go to the lower plateaus. Hmm. So if you wanted to go to the water plateau, you would be using gates, not ladders. Depended on where exactly you were going.
2: How about uh, the Threefold Lake? The Threefold
0: Lake. Now there's a name I haven't heard in a really long time. If you want to go to the Threefold Lake, you're going to have to get either to the White Plateau or to the Red Plateau. Or I suppose you could probably get there from the Dark Plateau if you went to the Palace of the Fated, but that's very dangerous, and I'm not sure you would want to do that one. But if you go to the Red Plateau or the White Plateau, you can probably find some way to get to the Threefold Lake. You might not survive, though.
2: Well, that would be a problem. How would one survive getting there?
0: Well, I'm not sure, you know. Um, the uh, the problem is that the White Plateau isn't really for people like us, you know. And the Red Plateau isn't, well, it isn't really for people like us. and. Well, the Dark Plateau isn't really for people like us, so it's it's a little bit difficult to get there, but it might be a problem. Fated be more dangerous. Well, you don't go to the Palace of the Fated unless your soul is ready to be judged.
4: The place we went to in uh, Darkport was not the Palace of the Fated. Correct. That was just the Cathedral...
3: Right, the of Temple the beak, of the Beak. Yeah. Hmm. But the Raven Queen... Controls the Palace of the Fated?
4: Yeah. It is her home.
3: So with her permission, we might gain access. I
0: suppose. Are you on a first-name basis with the Raven Queen? I'm not sure.
2: Not quite, no.
3: the
4: point to the raven that we have and
3: say, we have favor. And we have a mutual friend who might be.
4: <laughs> yeah, just turn to the raven and go, hey, queenie, you think we could go there?
3: Uh, the raven starts going, wah, wah,
4: wah. I turn back, answer inconclusive. <laughs>
2: Ask again later.
4: <laughs> Still haven't quite gotten the raven speech. Well, they're a little flighty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to assume we, we've been kind of walking towards wherever to the east. Yeah, you've been
0: walking down the passages like He's sort of in front and he's just going, mm-hmm. you're, you're like lost.
4: Yeah, um, probably.
2: As we've been walking, could I like just every three or four shelves, just pull out, like pull out a random book, just a little bit off the shelf so we can see that it's stick protruding. Mm-hmm. And so we, we know we've been yeah. that way. Yeah. Like, kind of um, book breadcrumbs.
4: Roll a stealth check.
2: <laughs> okay.
4: But behind you, an invisible servant is just pushing them all back
2: neatly oh, that, into place. That, that would be appropriate. <laughs> so, uh, Twenty.
0: Um. Uh. He he sees you and he says, "You know the cleaners will just put those back in."
2: How often do they come by?
0: Oh, it's a it's unknown. They just sort of know when there's something out of order.
2: Thinking that would help us not get too lost or too turned around in here.
0: You don't have to worry about that. I know exactly where we are.
2: All right. Well, where are we at this point?
0: We are in May right now. We're almost to maze B. We've got a couple more stacks there. He kind of points. Then he turns left.
1: Is any of this looking familiar? Um, mm,
0: no. It's not looking familiar to you. So after a few minutes, he gets to a, a bookcase area. Now, everywhere you've been walking has been these passageways cut at perfect uh, right angles and made so that you can see stacks of books and just shelves and shelves and shelves, and that they are sort of the most compacted in the amount of space. So you could fit the most number of books and scrolls in that amount of space is possible. At least that's what it looks like. It's not like you're stopping much to really pay attention. But as you look, it looks like everything is in a very orderly condition. But these shelves are just, they're just packed full of books and scrolls everywhere you look. And it's well-maintained. There's no dust now, Imran, you remember when you were in your, in your vision, in your dream, there were areas where it looked like nobody had been here for a very long time. There's lots of dust around. You could see footprints and whatnot in some of those areas. In this particular place that you're in, it's well lit with, um, with actually torches uh, on the ceiling in between uh, bookcases. And the torches are lit with a blue light. It's, it's not hot. So it's obviously magical in nature. Um, and he brings you to a set of shelves. And he says, this here is the end of transmutation. And so this should be the beginning of people. So if there's someone who has a fantastical history or a book that they have written uh, that is in the library, then it would be here. And all of these shelves, and he sort of points, and as you look down, you see that the shelves look like they go on for a really, really long time. Like, this isn't just, like, one or two bookshelves. It's, like, down the hall.
4: So, basically, out of our field of view, because light has a, like, 40-foot right. radius.
5: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: So, it sounds like the Book of Proofs should originally from be from this section.
0: No, this section is uh, magic users, right? She asked him to to go to where it might have a history of a person whereas the book of proofs is a book of knowledge about a particular topic and how to use that topic
4: Would the book of proofs even be in the arcane section? I don't think so Probably not I'm going to ask, have you heard of the book of proofs? Do you know what that is?
1: Of course, yes, yes, of course I've never seen it
3: It's It's a myth, a legend something that powerful could never be in the hands no, of Of course it's not. Mortals.
0: I learned all about it. It's one of the most powerful things in this universe. It can tell the future and the past. It's a book of time.
3: If only it could be used to transcribe a solution.
0: Well, of course it can.
3: Not like this pile of jibbled <laughs> notes I have here.
4: Um, oh, so that's what I, your I mad thought, scribblings say. <laughs> I thought the book of proofs was a book where you would write something and it would just tell you if it's true or not. Of course, but it tells you how it's true or false. Yes, can you ask? I completely unlike like these. <laughs> I think you think you can It's a little. It's a little sore about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's taking me weeks. Um, <laughs> do you think you can ask the book like more than one thing? What do you mean? You don't ask it; you tell it. And then it right. tells you if you're right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But is it mm. something that somebody can only write it once in their lifetime? Can they use it multiple times?
0: No, that's why it's so powerful. You can use it as much as you want. As long you don't as long as you don't as long as you don't break the white axiom.
5: boy,
0: break the what. Nina goes on. Oh boy.
5: Break the
4: what? As you don't break the white axiom. I thought the White Axiom was like a, a, a group of people, not a... What is the White Axiom? It's the thing that clerics... It All I know is that if you
1: learn the truth of the White Axiom, you can reverse the sinking, but you can also ruin things? This was a while ago. White um, Axiom. Belief by some ac- acolytes. Find um, some prophecies. The White Axiom is the fullest representation of Goras's power. Um, possibly reverse the sinking, but will destroy the common plateau. And I put lack of freedom. That's from my news. not the White Axiom. What is your interpretation <laughs> of the White Axiom? Yeah, the White Axiom
0: know? is uh, if you complete the Book of Proofs, it will tell you the inner workings of everything. You'll have an understanding of everything, but... As such, you will undo everything, because once you have an understanding, you can manipulate it, and ultimately, then it must be undone. That's why no one really keeps the Book of Proofs for very long, because if you ask too much of it, you might accidentally stumble upon the completion. And if you stumble upon the completion, well, you'll
4: destroy everything. I thought the Book of Proofs had, like, infinite pages. Well it does unless you complete it. It has as many pages as needed. That's the same as
0: infinite.
2: How, how do, how, and how would someone complete it? They just write till it's full or is there a certain proof they, they write or
3: never never write oh. the end inside of it. <laughs> mm.
4: This is the end of this book. <laughs> That's a statement. Well, I, I don't know how to complete it. I don't
0: know. If I if I knew, that would be a problem, right? Because that would mean other people knew, and that would mean the end of us.
3: It can't be easy, because I imagine the temptation, if you have something like that, to ask as many questions as you want, you're not going to want to just give it up. I suppose.
4: Never really seen it myself. Do you know where they keep it? Or where it's probably, supposed to be? Probably here, yeah, under protection of some sort. Where would you put the Book of Proofs if you had if you we're putting it somewhere in this library. Mm, where would I put it?
1: Well,
0: the DM says as he tries to find his map again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this map has to be like six pages.
0: Well, I think that it would probably be placed hmm, probably in the spire room. That has the most protection, probably.
1: Say so the spire room? Yes, the spire.
4: Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing a spire listed in the in the location for topics. are some rooms that aren't topically listed, I think, in the upper areas.
0: You know, in the olden days, they just expected you to know where your area of study was
4: when you would come here. Everyone was allowed to come in. Yeah, it must have stopped with the sinking, right? The what now? Uh, the dripping problem. Oh. Well, that is a problem. You know, that also preoccupies the custodians.
0: They have to come and wipe up the water all the time.
3: should get some been... plants.
4: <laughs> they don't grow down here. <laughs> I think there's too much magical energy or something. Not enough sun. Maybe if you got some, like, cave plants. Mm. Moss.
2: As we've been walking, As we've been... we've been walking along all these stacks and shelves, has it been still leaking? Dripping? Yep. Wow
4: and then the whole part of the maze. Well, we are underneath and this is, we've definitely gone like, it feels like we've gone farther than like the length of the building by this point. Mm -hmm. So do we, Oh, I just thought of something. Mm -hmm. Are these books like organized by title author's name or author's last name? Author's last name,
0: but a lot of authors, a lot of authors only go by first name, right? So then it's,
4: then it's just like the Batet. name you have.
0: Right. If you were looking at Batet, you would just see
4: Batet. You wouldn't necessarily know his last name. Okay. Well, I hope Laralac doesn't have a last name.
2: <laughs> I'm going to tell Otto to fly down you know, the the aisle here
3: mm-hmm. and
2: look for any books he can see by or about Laralac. Okay. Come back and get me. If you
1: find um, I'd like to start looking for books on Allegrae Hammond. Okay,
0: Axley, what are you
1: doing?
3: Is I mean, can, can I interpret any of these notes from from the Book of Proofs? Like, how do I go about?
0: You can sit down and start to like try to transcribe them into a variation of the common language, so that it could be like readable in paragraphs versus being like equations, coded equations.
3: Okay, I'll try that. Okay, I'll start that process.
5: Okay.
0: Um, as Imran goes to the H section, starts walking down, and as Otto flies down with the raven on his back, um, Tavros coalesces in front of Marcel and says, This is the only thing that I could find. And then he puts out his hand and then a book appears in it. I take it. He says, The book itself is not about Laralac, but there is an inscription in it. Oh, sh- What's the
4: title? The title of the book is... It's not History of the Greenbloods, right?
0: No. It's called Collected Wisdom of the Conquered Peoples.
4: Just the kind of title I want to see.
0: It is a it is a book of poetry by Batet of Calport. What was the name of this book?
4: Uh... Collected Wisdom of the Conquered Peoples. Hmm. Okay. So this has an inscription... Wait an inscription or a like it mentions him in, in some, it uh, has,
0: it has um, in the, if you open up the book on the inside cover, it has something inscribed into it. And that's where Larillac's name is. It says it's in a poetic format. It says one will rise in a shroud of white, To canonize and crystallize, bringing legions of spite. Among the debris in stone and blood, find they a key to release the flood. The messenger they call under stone and ore, brings they who crawl to the chained one's behest. The end sees the shroud upon a gate unseen, the chained eye avowed to wash the world clean. Next to the phrase, in stone and blood, in parentheses, it says, in wave and crest. And next to understone and ore" in parentheses, it says, under wave and crest. And then there's a scribble in a different hand, and in a different color, above that, that says, dirge of the adrum houses. And down at the bottom, there is a scribbled note in another different hand that says, well of hasit, and under that, amethyst key. And under that, United Coral, and under that proofs, and then the number 6174. And then under that, in a completely different hand, it
4: says Hail Larillac. The Hail Larillac is written in blood. Do we recognize any of the handwriting? Since we've seen a couple of like written things on the books we found in his in one of the so
0: the where it says dirge of the Adram houses, it looks very similar to the defy not the house of Adram the note that you
3: that saw. which was from Batet
0: that was from Batet you found that in the library in uh, Trastambyn
4: and the 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 well of a seat and all of that it is that any like is that familiar with the uh, I'm more thinking of. Because the history of the green blood said mm-hmm. Lira, had Lyrillaca weights on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, is it similar to that? Yeah. Uh, I think there was also some writing in the, um, I want to say Pactus Hedronicus, like yeah. notes on the edges. Yeah, all of those
0: are similar. And it's also similar to some of the stuff that's in the, the amethyst book that Imran has, some of the writing pointing to the weird diagrams and whatnot. Is in a similar hand
2: six one seven four. We've seen that in like in that
4: oh, chain of it's, numbers. It's the it's the n- most repeated chain of numbers. It's the one that ends every string, every long string of numbers, and it's also in other places.
2: Do I do I know what the term chained one or chained I would that be a reference to?
0: Um, you can roll a history check. Eleven um no uh, not really but um you assume so let's do this uh why don't because you're all sort of standing around this reading it right
5: Mm -hmm.
0: um and you would probably call axley over to take a look at this um let's do a group check for Hmm. um what's the easiest way to do this let's so basically, what what we're doing is we're saying you're gonna sort of study this for a little while together and bounce ideas off of each other. So let's let's do a group check using um, your choice of history or religion. Of course, all those are int. Um, I'll give you a choice of intelligence or wisdom.
3: How does a group check work?
0: So group check works like this: uh, everybody rolls, and half of you have to succeed in
3: order to succeed on the entire check.
0: The DC is 15.
1: on that one! Oh,
3: god. With um, you said against history? It's against a skill or just against the stat? You,
0: you can you can either do it against um, history. Intelligence or history wisdom, so that would mean you would use the wisdom stat instead of the history, uh, instead of the intelligence stat to use your history skill. So if you're proficient in history, you get to
3: add your proficiency bonus. Okay, and do I do I get the bonus for it being common history, or is this
0: uh, this you would um, not get the bonus on?
3: No. Okay, so I just get a plus two. All right.
0: Just I rolled a, a seven.
3: Just a twelve for me. <laughs> I got a sixteen plus two is eighteen. Okay. Um.
0: Yeah. yeah so this is. This one is um, not. I mean, you're you're pretty sure that you could sit with these for a while and try to figure out what this is, but um, you know, none of it really.
4: Or we world. are in the biggest library in the world and just look it up, but yeah. that'll take longer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. The so problem there's... with the library is it gets it has too much. Right? Yeah. yeah.
4: So there's no books written by Larillac or about Laralac, and this is the only case where Laralac appears that is what uh, so.
0: Tavros has indicated that he could not find anything by Laralac.
4: and the in wave and crest and under wave and crest is part of like the original inscription for the book that's yeah. was there right it's it's part of the so the poem
0: part is the original and then the dirge it is handwritten and then the the other stuff that's in purple on that page is handwritten right. and then and those two are in ink and then in blood it says hail laralac
4: i wonder if he chose that name after he figured everything out Possibility, yeah if that there's a shopping list no the fact that we have the most yeah but the thing is we took uh something from him uh i guess we don't have the key i mm. mean that
3: we know of
4: and the other one is in our possession from the beginning, right? unless by United Coral it's talking about fitting what Konos has into the Trident that ended up in our conveniently in our hands,
3: or uniting it in the lake.
4: Yeah, that's the other option. Uh, the thing I'm missing from that list, though, is is why he needed you to attack him, Hemeron. I know, I still haven't figured that one out and it's still not
1: it's still really concerning. I mean we can also look up Shamasa Hasit, because I feel like that's mentioned in this one as well, so there might be other references up as Tavros.
0: So your up. your friend Mokatum says Shamasa is in the reaches.
1: I figured well, oh, That's I
0: like how I have- know about
1: it. Mm-hmm. still want to look at LeGrey Hammond and also maybe just ask Tavros to get us any books that refer to Shemasa Hasid.
3: Um, also, what about that other uh, wizard whose name we have? I think it's a wizard. The one who converted all the children um, that. Oh,
4: Ian Tarsus? Ian,
3: is that who it is?
4: I don't think Ian Tarsus was a
3: wizard necessarily. I don't think so. No, Tophadius. A gnome wizard, founded Havel Arcana School of Magic. Tadius is the one who worked for him, I
2: think.
0: Oh, yeah, Fetus. Matt, what were you going to say?
2: I was going to ask Tavros to bring us any books he can find about the House of Adram.
0: Okay, so let me take a note here. Okay, so you're asking about, so Emeryn wants to uh, find anything regarding Allegrae Hammond.
1: Hmm. Is the one that, like, made the Book of Proofs,
0: right? Uh, well, so Tadius told you that Tafetis made it. Oh,
1: really?
0: And then there was some confusion about whether he made it alone or whether he and Allegrae uh, made sure. it together. Because Tadius basically said, well, Tafetis isn't around anymore. But he was there. But Allegrae was there when Tafetis made the book. So. You know, um, and so, uh, Konos, what did you ask about? You want to know everything, anything about House of Adram?
2: Yeah, any books about that?
0: Okay, and Axley, you want to know about Tephatus? Sure, and Marcel, what do you want to know about?
2: Everything, um... <laughs> yeah, where do you, you want to start?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think we should be looking up stuff for Shamasa Hasi. Okay. Well, we can find out about Shumasa Hasit. And maybe okay. any other references in books 26174, because hmm. that number keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh,
0: so, Imran, Allegra Hammond. There are four shelves worth of books by or about Allegrae Hammond. He's, you know, he is a um, well-known arcane figure. He's still alive. He's he's right now the head of the seminary of Saint Abdar, right? So he is um, he's still he's relatively prolific and he still writes things. So the it's in this case about him. It's in the order of chronological publication, I guess. Publication is probably not the right word, but you get the idea. Um, but it ends one year before the sinking. All his writings end one year before the sinking. Okay. Um, Konos the house of Adram has about two shelves worth of books. And the majority of the books are about their import and export records and how much money they made. The rest of the books about them are about um, all the good deeds they did with all this money that they made and how they founded all the different parts of Calport. and, And it's a lot of references to Calport. There's also some references to other places, but mostly it's about how they're about their family lineage and about all of their basic records for what they did, right? Um, The interesting thing there is that um, Cornelius Adram is the last person on the family tree. So Cornelius Adram is the last person on the family tree. Other than that, there's really no there's, there's nothing in the books. I mean, granted you're just flipping through, right? So you, you're spending hours, right? Okay. Like two or three hours, each of you at this, but that's not enough time to really read any of these books individually. So you're kind of looking at them, flipping through, seeing what they are, flipping through a few more times to see if you see any, you know, handwritten notations or anything like that. And then kind of making a note in your mind about, okay, that book was basically about that. Right. Um, and so, there's really nothing in the in the House of Adram books. There's really nothing that is weird, right? It's it's all. In fact, um, the only weird thing about it is that it's in the maze, and that there's a whole merchant section in the maze. But it's not in the arcane section. You had to go quite far away, okay? Um, Makotam took you to a different area, and there's all kinds of merchant houses histories in there. And the house of Adram is there and that's their basically their accounting, but also the accounting of their family line. Okay.
2: So if they're if they assuming they're tied up with any, you know, cults or conspiracies, they go out of their way to not have that information get get be known or get published by any means. Right.
0: And and just because those books are in this library doesn't mean they're the true accounting, right? That's just the records. Those might be the cooked books, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe there's something elsewhere, but They're not on the shelves. Um, Actually, the info about Tefaitis, much like Allegrae Hammond, there's about four bookshelves worth because he was very prolific. And he wrote about his entire process because he thought that it was important that other people get to read about the process of learning arcane magic and how to wield arcane energy. But the, the majority, the interesting thing about his work is the majority of the books are very mundane. They're almost like recipe books. They're not written in, they're not written with arcane magic imbued into them. Like they're not spell scrolls. They're not the, the way that he taught, he, he wrote his books so that a lay person could read the books and understand what's happening when a person learns how to use magic, right? It's sort of like um, reading a book about how to build a canoe and then hop in the canoe and row down a river. Like you're reading about it, but you're not actually doing it. So the it's very mundane the way the description is, but it's not, it not doesn't actually give you the experience of doing it. So that's kind of how most of his work is. There are a couple of books that are written. Um, basically they're just arcane, you know scribbles. They're basically him working out these these types of combinations don't work, right? But in his own arcane, you know, when, 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 a, when a mage writes a spell, if they're writing a spell scroll, their notations and their way of casting it is slightly different from every other mage, right? And so this is sort of his, here's the way that things didn't work for me kind of book. Okay, and then there and then there are some scrolls that were spells that he produced, and he was the you know that he created, right? And there's a couple of books about architecture because he built, he actually built the the Havel Arcana. He built it himself, um, with magic, but also with his own two hands. Great. And all then of these
3: books sc- have a real catchy black and white with a yellow splash. It's like Magic for Dummies on it, <laughs> hmm. so-
0: right? <laughs> Magic for the masses. <laughs> um, and Marcel, Shemasa Hasit, is, 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 that topic is in the reaches. So the question is, do you want to go to the reaches by yourself, or do you want to sort of do something else before you go? Uh, I mean, Makodam will go with you if you want.
4: I mean, if everyone's going to spend time reading, I might as well go to the reaches with Makodam. I like the guy. He's not going to leave me alone, right?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Let me roll a die. I'm just kidding.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so Shamasahasit, you... Uh, so Makodam takes you to the one book. It takes him a while to find it. Um, because when he ran across it, he wasn't actually looking for anything about Shamasahasit. Um, but um, the one book, it's not even really about Shamasahasit. It's about how a demon is able to transition from one power level to another. And the one important thing in there is that in order for a demon to transition from one power level to another, if the demon goes from a higher power level to a lower power level, all that had to happen to make, to make that occur was that the demon was killed in a different plateau, not their home plateau, And when they reincarnate, they reincarnate as a lesser version of what they were, right? They shouldn't have let themselves get killed in a different plateau, right? But to rise in the ranks, they actually have to get access to mortal souls that wielded power. And if they can get access to mortal souls that wielded power, and they can use those souls and also gift those souls to a higher demon level, then that higher demon will grant them the status to which they are trying to rise, if that makes sense. And the reason that Shemasa Hasit is, is even mentioned in this is that Shemasa Hasit is the only type of demon of her type that has risen above her enslaved station. None of the other demons that are ever at that type that are that are naturally born at that type ever get out of that. They are the ground troops that get sent to fight wars in other plateaus, and they always get reincarnated because they're the lowest level.
4: And they keep keep getting sent somewhere else to die, so they, they right, right. And and
0: is the only one that has ever been able to, Does but it say doesn't how say that how. Happened? It doesn't say how, Uh, but it does tell you how every other type of demon had to do it, right? Right. Does it say
4: anything about, like, uh, when Shemasa rose? Like, how old is the book? Uh, mm, Do you want to roll
0: an Arcana check? 20. The book is 51 years old. Hot damn.
2: (laughs) Just a year before the sinking.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy.
4: And that book? is written by Betet of Calport. Again. (laughs) Next, you're going to tell me that it has 6,174 pages. (laughs) That'd be a big book. (laughs) No. Shmasahasi appears on page (laughs)
0: 6,174.
4: No, no. Number of pages it takes to complete the book of proofs. That's a, an alarmingly small number for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Considering how old the book is.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've already put, i us three of them in there. <laughs> three or four, yeah.
4: Three or four uh, names. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if it counts the amount of names of people asking or the amount of pages used for the eight question. Um, okay, uh, cool. Makotam
0: M- M- would tell you, no, no, it's not. it's not the uh, amount that you fill it up. It's that you finally propose to it the appropriate statement that completes the book, that finishes it.
4: All right, that's even more concerning.
0: <laughs> so we, we'll probably end there. <laughs> if you, uh, it, so, Well, the, so I guess the question is do you want to stay in the reaches or do you want to go back and
4: share um, what you found? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the others uh were there any uh relatively quick questions that any of you had about what you found out not
0: quick (laughs) what (laughs) yeah okay what's a not quick one what's a not quick question
1: uh well i was gonna ask uh do you know no he wouldn't know never mind but isn't patette supposed to be dead
3: supposed to be it's just a long yeah it's a
2: long time ago yeah, Batet Well, apparently he was alive fifty-one 50
3: years
4: sinking. ago,
2: and he sure wrote a bunch of interesting things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <about laughs> until the sinking. Yeah.
4: Right. What if
5: Patet
0: well, we have two names that
3: disappeared right before the sinking, Right. The other one that you researched what was his name. Tefatus. Tif- well, no, Tifetus.
4: no. Tifetus. Alla- Alla- Hammond. Uh,
3: yeah. Okay, uh-huh.
4: mm-hmm. What if Patet is Blairlock? No. I mean, have we
3: seen anything from Patet that?
4: Yeah, we have. Dirge of the Adrium Houses. That was a different. Mm. That's supposedly Batet's handwriting.
3: But but the note says, cross, what does it say? Don't cross the house of Adram?
4: Yeah, define, not. It.
3: define, define not. not. Define, define not. not, yeah.
4: Maybe Laralac was his apprentice. I'm going to say that the two names seem to pop up, or at least relatively close together. And we know that Laralac is pretty old, so. Right, it wouldn't make sense.
3: If only we had a book we could pose a a statement of fact in that might actually tell us Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) that question.
3: Do that right now? Why not? Sure. That's
4: a great way to end the session. Um, (laughs) How exactly do we want to phrase the statement? We're asking. And who's going to write it?
3: Well, we could do one of two ways. We could do it one way where it's hit or miss right we might if we name one person and say they are Laralac, and if they are we get the answer if not we get another answer or we could cast a wider net and we could say, we could say one of the two of them is Laralac. and that gives us a proof of a sort
4: i mean that, if you, you know, wanted to really really broad you could always say Laralac is not Laralac's birth
3: name well i think we're we get we're we're going off that assumption. I'm going to say, if these are our two prime candidates as suspects, then we want to either confirm or eliminate both of them well, with one yeah, question. Yeah, but
4: he could possibly have worked under one of these two and True.
3: just
4: killed both of them and then sank the world. <laughs> I mean, that's the third option, right?
3: True, but that's a real nebulous set of facts and circumstances that we haven't led anything to to point in that direction yet.
2: I mean, I think the most direct person way to do it is to say Laralac and whoever else we want to name are the same person. But what if it's the
3: other one, right? And then we'll get a no and then we know not then we're still back at square one. Whereas if we ask about the two names, then we can eliminate both of those individuals or at least have our bullseye really close. Yeah.
4: A uh, question for Sam, the list of well-effacy and all that and the Hail Larillac, was that mm-hmm. in the same writing, handwriting?
0: It's hard to tell because the Hail Larillac was in blood and the others were in ink.
4: Right. So mm. less control of calligraphy. Yeah. At, but it is very different, the writing that says Dirge of the Adram Houses compared right. to the list. And right. we were told that Dirge of the Adram Houses was written by Batet. Yes. Therefore, we have two people writing these, one of which we know is Batet. The other one is the one we think is Leralac.
3: Yeah, that's no. that's what I, that's kind of what I thought.
4: Which means Leralac is not Batet. I could be very confidently stating something wrong,
3: but. <laughs> I mean, why, why do you suspect that Leralac is the other one? The guy who, he was the one who helped write the book of proofs, right? Isn't that what he did?
4: I don't think he wrote the Book of Proofs either. I don't think he's either of these people. It doesn't make sense for him to write proofs on like a shopping list if he's the one that created the book. He stole the book. According to Tadius, Tephetus wrote the Book of Proofs.
0: And Allegrae Hammond either was there or took possession of it or something had something to do with it. He may have even helped write it. Allegrae Hammond, according to Tadius, is still alive, whereas Tefatus is not, as far as he knows. That's so. the reason those two are connected to the Book of
3: Proofs, because that's what Todd has told you. Hmm.
4: Okay, so it could be that second person.
3: What else mm-hmm. do we know about him?
4: Uh, Emran's the one that looked up information about him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he still alive and wrote a lot of stuff, just arcane right up, stuff.
3: Right up, that, the thinking. right up
4: until the sinking. Right up until the sinking. Was his later arcane works anything to do with like the rifts and the water plateau and all that kind of stuff? I don't think so. No, his work is a, is a lot like the
0: work of Tefatus, where a lot of it is instructional manual type stuff because they both both Tefatus and Allegray sort of started these schools of of magic, so that's what they're known for.
4: We can try and find the guy.
3: I mean we're kind of grasping the our suspicions you know kind of end with with suspecting that Lalac is not is not the actual name that he was known as before the sinking
4: the uh Adram House you said Cornelius was the last name, right? What year was he born in?
0: what year was he born, or what year did he die?
4: uh I guess what year did he die?
2: If he died, it just says that was the last person in the family tree.
4: Yeah, but we know that uh, Blacksley is Cornelius, so um, he died one year before the sinking.
2: Hmm. Everything's all coming together here.
4: <laughs> That's why I was asking.
3: <laughs> and w- and what is it you have to do to ascend as a demon? You have to you have to offer up the souls of who? Of you have court.
0: to get ac- access to some souls. You have to be able to pull energy out of them, and you have to also have some souls to give to the higher up demons as a tribute to convince them. Power. Yeah, you're basically you're basically saying, "Look, I'm powerful enough to get these souls. I'm giving them to you because I'm trying to prove to you that I deserve to be raised up to another
2: station."
4: And suddenly, we have a list of really important people who all went disappeared, who went and disappeared a year before the sinking happened.
2: Mm-hmm. So maybe Except they what? were, maybe they were collected.
4: So the only one that's still alive. Do we even have any clues as to where he is?
2: Well, I think yeah.
4: Todius just
0: told you that he's probably still at the seminary. The seminary of Saint Abdar still exists. I think that's where we need to go next.
3: That that's in Calport. I
0: don't think Todius told you where it was. It's not in Calport. Damn.
3: Um. <laughs> well, that, well, we're in a library, so.
4: I mean, yeah, we can find out where it is. I was just, I thought it was the library of. Wait, are we in the library of Grey Towers? That is. The,
0: sorry? Yeah, the library of Therondimus. It's also called the Grey Towers. That was okay. true, what you said. Okay. It has like I three just,
5: different names.
4: Yeah, Yeah, I have that library of Grey Towers and Tomish repository from like the first mm-hmm. time Calport came up yeah okay so the question Uh, is are you going to write anything in the book the proofs our only suspect now is the only one that's alive of these people who all died suspiciously on the same year oh i got a better one what if we put laralock killed the people who died that year
3: yeah but if one of them's wrong then we'll get a negative answer
4: that's true
3: It's, it's gotta be specific um i don't know it's it's hard right we're 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 throwing darts at the wall hoping we get lucky.
2: Uh,
4: Cornelius and Adram did not have any kids. What do you think, Konos?
2: Uh well, I mean we we have access to the person who says he's Cornelius Adram. You know, we could always just ask him, you know but try to ask him, you know, hey, do you remember what happened fifty one years ago if he'll tell us? How, how did, you did you die? How did you die, or what's the last did you ever encounter, you know, Warilak or anything like that? Um
4: didn't he not even remember his name? Can't uh, I don't think that. he's going to remember. I feel like we asked him about it too. I feel like we asked him. Yeah, we asked him a bunch of things and he knew nothing.
3: Can't Emerin contact a dead spirit and ask questions?
1: <laughs> the body.
3: We, yeah. Uh, you need a body?
1: That's just he's he's dead, with... I think requires.
3: I mean, you kind of have the body there, it just happens to walk and talk. <laughs> Right? I mean,
4: that would be pretty
3: interesting to find out what would happen.
4: Oh, my God. <laughs> Casting speak with dead with an undead creature. Hmm. Um, no, no, wait, let me find the spell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really sure if we have a clear statement we can use for the book. Yeah. I think we have to find out more about the one that's alive and see where he is to see if we can loc- either locate him or try to s- send him ascending.
1: Oh, so the spell says grant the semblance of life and intelligence to a corpse. The corpse must still have a mouth
4: and can't be undead. They even thought of that. <laughs> Did, fortunately. <laughs> so we'd have to kill him first.
3: Yeah, sure. <laughs> Again. rekill. <Yeah. laughs>
4: Uh okay yeah i don't know i can't think of something that i'd be confident enough to write in the book uh that one won't you know end the world and two (laughs) will give us um an actual (laughs) useful
2: (laughs) i'm 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 more worried about not just not getting a useful answer at this point
1: yeah Yeah. we do have like unlimited use of it so even if you don't
3: it's weird. I'm I'm fighting the the urge to like want to spam twenty questions at it. You know, yeah. is it big, is Lara lack bigger than a bread box? Is <laughs> <laughs> are you is it really orange? orange
4: <laughs> <mark>? <laughs> is C- Cornelius Adrum is useless? Yes <laughs>
5: or
4: no. <laughs> no? Yeah. Um, I think we have to look up more about dude who's still alive whose name I keep forgetting. Hammond.
2: Alec Ray Hammond. Yeah.
4: What if, what if we just it's either that or we invite Taddeus? But I suspect we may need to ring the bell and get some food before we do that.
2: Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yep.
4: Did you carry the bell with you or did you leave it on the uh? No, I, I, know. Didn't. I didn't.
3: I think yeah. you just invoked the name, right? No, I'm so hungry. You, you gotta ring not, the bell.
4: We did not take the bell with us. We are fools. Yeah. So the name is for Tavros, the,
3: the library assistant.
4: Yeah. We can ask
3: uh, Tavros to bring us the bell.
4: I don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they'd take it, but I could summon a servant to go get the bell for us. I don't know if they'd I, take kindly to a literal wave, walk making its uh, way through. <laughs> the,
3: the, we, we could ask our friend library. how he summons food down from down here when he's hungry. Oh, maybe yeah,
4: he maybe he's got a
0: bell. The cleaners might
2: uh,
4: might try to clean up the servant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could send Otto to fly back and get it.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Otto actually knows the way.
2: Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll have Otto fly back and retrieve the bell and bring it back here. Otto
4: can't get through the door out of the maze.
2: Oh, bugger. Mm.
4: That's why I was thinking of the water servant, because as long as there's a crack somewhere that water can pass.
3: <laughs> uh, we'll, start by, we'll just ask how... How he eats when he's hungry. How does he summon food? Makotam? Yeah.
0: He says, I go into one of the resting lounges. And there's a bell there? No. Well, follow me. Okay. Uh, He leads you down some passageways, and you get to a plush room furnished in dark woods, lavish tapestries, comfortable seating areas with plush pillows, and a faint whiff of—it's called dessel root. It's—it's it's almost like a combination of tobacco and like clove. It's the—it's—it's it's like the tobacco of this setting, basically. But it has—it has a very sweet smell. Um, and in the middle of a room, in the middle of the room, is a table that's like a buffet table, and it just has like treats all over it.
3: Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, believe this place.
4: <laughs> I mean, he's not going to complain about anything in this room. No. So let's stop there, and we'll—I'll let you think about what you might want to do uh, next. We time. let the go out so he can like munch on things for a couple of weeks, <laughs> so he can get back.
2: You books.
0: <laughs> do we want to do a quick like uh,
3: ten minute? debrief uh, sure do you have a topic loaded
0: um well so i was listening to the last episode and it dawned on me and the reason i was listening to it um, i was listening to just the last half hour and the reason i was listening to the last half hour is because i needed to remember remind myself um what exactly was said to the players by from the queens um and, uh, and I had to take notes because I didn't take very good notes last time for whatever reason. Typically, by the end of the uh, session, I, I have quit taking very good notes by then. So one of the topics that I actually thought of was, what the heck would I do if this wasn't recorded? Like, how would, I, how would I have done that? And the answer is the same as when I play in a face-to-face game, which is I just take better notes throughout and all that. But because I have this recording now, I kind of rely on it a little bit. Um, I was going to say, you take notes. You're I do. I do take notes. <laughs> yeah, I do take notes um, because because <laughs> I need to remember exactly what I said to you, right? Because I don't want to have a discontinuity thing unless it's on purpose. Um, so, and I do have some of those that are on purpose, which means if there's an accidental one, that's a problem. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess so. Here was my point with bringing this up was I was wondering how you all take notes and if you do. Kind of already uh, answered. <laughs> Karu takes two sentences of notes every session. <laughs>
3: yeah. I take notes like I did in college, which is not enough, not nearly enough. <laughs> okay. They're just cram notes. That's barely enough to like you know get the key mm-hmm. questions, but I leave way too much out. <laughs> um, okay. So I generally tend, I have a, my notepad open on the computer, and I'll just type in, key names or things that'll trigger a memory if they're very specific, but I don't do a verbose flowing narrative. And so okay. and that does hurt though, because it's, I can remember a lot of the big movements, but not a lot of the stuff in between. Mm-hmm.
2: Whereas I'm the reverse. I, I will try to literally transcribe like pretty much everything that goes on. Like I'm literally just, you know, stenographer practically, you know, doing like a radio transcript. And even that gives me, too much, sometimes sometimes it's too much to go through, so sometimes there's times when I have to remind myself, okay, just, I don't need to write down every single word being said, because then I'm not really, because then it's like, okay, I'm not really playing in the game. I'm just mm-hmm. transcribing what everybody else mm, is doing. Right. So right. it's like, it ha- right. there's a really fine balancing point between, okay, making sure you're getting down important stuff to remember versus, okay, but still, you're you're actually the one playing in the game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And a lot of times I found myself like when I have to reference, go back and reference stuff, it's it can be hard to hard to. I've I've gotten the practice now of all my notes are going on to on Google Docs. So if and when the next time my computer crash, crashes, you know, fingers crossed that never happens again, but it probably will at some point. There's at least a cloud copy backup that I'll have access to. because mm-hmm. um, like I told you, you know, like about a month ago, my computer crashed. I lost almost all my notes for this campaign. So I've been
5: mm-hmm.
2: rebuilding those bit by bit. So it's a matter of just saying, okay, I try to limit it to. You know, main characters, important NPCs, important locations, a little bit of a little bit of elaboration if I think it's necessary. But I've I've tried to break myself out of the habit of you know, oh, I of having to write down literally every word that's said because probably seventy five percent of the things that I write down are, I mean, it's fun to go back and read through later, but it's not really helpful.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And Nina. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like that's how I started because I was obviously brand new to d d when we started and I like didn't know what was going to be important and what wasn't. So I like transcribed like everything and then I f- kind of got that same feeling. I was like, well, I kind of want to play the game too. I got to look up for my notebook at some point. So note-taking for me on a personal level has always been very easy. I feel like I'm very lucky in that manner. Like Taking notes in college has always been like, really rhythmic, really, like, I know what I am going to remember, and I know what I need to write down. Like, it started taking on, like, a very natural flow, and I feel like my notes are, like, really like my notes. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's enough detail that can, like, jog my memory. And, like, I'll remember what happened, but it's not too much that I'm, like, constantly writing. I feel like when we get into a scene, like, for a couple of scenes, I'm not Mind's blanking I just like didn't even take notes because I was too focused on the story like those are also the scenes where I can like replay it in my head and I'm like yeah that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. so it's yeah. playing as a character I take I think my note-taking is like decent for me on a personal level and I think it is different for everybody. DMing on the other hand I've been struggling with mm-hmm. just because I feel like I'm trying to manage like players and like them engaged and keep the story moving and keep everything that i have in my like pre-notes on the table and like keep track of everything Then i don't write down like what i told the characters that's hasn't like been an issue but i have a bad feeling it's going to come back to bite me but that's kind of like part of the learning process as well so like my players are also really really chill about it so like if i ask them like hey what exactly did i tell you about this and they'll be like oh yeah we, we talked about this that and the other um mm-hmm. so that's also good is just having like the players like recount it and like yeah. doing a recap at the beginning like they'll start retelling details that they thought were important and i kind of like jot those down yeah. so that's kind of like out of game before the game really starts yeah
0: that's actually a good that's Part of the reason I ask for a recap, and I usually ask one of you to do it, because that tells me what you remember. I know sometimes you're like going off your own notes and whatnot, but part of the reason that I do that, and I do it in my face-to-face games, too, because even if they meet weekly, because I want to know what you remembered enough to either write a note about or what you remember about enough to mention it, right? And some things... Like, Because in part, it tells the DM like what's exciting or interesting to that player or what was an interesting scene to that player. So you can kind of put that in the databanks and go on. Um, The reason I take notes as a DM is partly because I want to make sure I remember what I told you, but partly because I do a lot of improv as I'm doing it my improv is based on a framework of knowing like, okay, well I know there's going to be these NPCs, and I know kind of their motivations, but I don't know exactly, like I don't have a canned like, Oh, here's their, here's exactly what they know. And here's what they should tell the players, right. Or the PCs. So when I do have a conversation, I have to kind of remember, Oh yeah, this is what I said. And that's important to that. That person said it that way because whatever. Um, and, and if I, If I think of something on the fly and I just kind of improv through it, if it ends up being an important fact that you end up asking more about, I definitely write it down because it probably wasn't in my notes beforehand, hence it being improv. Um, But that that doesn't always – like some. sometimes I have prep notes where I had said, okay, here's something that they need to find out this session or whatever, which is a different kind of thing. But then I write down a little note about how you responded to it, right? So there's always different, you know, it kind of depends on the situation, how I take the notes about that particular Mm -hmm. thing. I think Um, my
4: main problem is I'm spoiled. Because (laughs) the first time that I would do role playing, um, we were doing text role play. So we always had Mm -hmm. the texts of our Mm -hmm. past role play. So if we had any questions about like what happened here, we had an actual archive of what had happened. And uh, the person that I I repeat with the most has a nearly photographic memory of everything that happens in any game. I can ask her right now, what happened in that game 20 (laughs) years ago? And she'll go, oh, this happened. And I'll be like, how do you? Um, (laughs) Yeah. And she's still in my games. So I kind of depend on her and the fact that, yeah, now that we're playing um, D&D on stream, everything is recorded. So if I really need to look something up. I can go back and I kind of rely on that fact
5: mm-hmm.
4: and don't really take any notes at the same time, because I do, I do that, but then I rarely actually go back and mostly just <laughs> depend on my players to tell me. Yeah. And like, sometimes like, like Nina said, it does bite you in the ass. Cause like it happened in a recent a session where, um, they were, they were doing a mechanic for learning language and I had told them how the mechanic was going to work. I never wrote it down. So then the following session that happened a month later, they were like, so how did it work yet? And I'm like, I'll get back to you now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's happened to everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, part part of the reason I take notes as a DM and as a player, when I'm a player, I take notes too. But part of the reason I take notes as a DM is because I also have a very strong muscle memory connection. So if I write something by hand, it really I'm much more likely to remember mm-hmm. it without looking at my notes or by just glancing and without having to read them verbatim. Whereas if that's, that's part of the reason why I don't type notes. If I typed them, I don't have that muscle memory. I just have a memory. Oh, I typed something big deal. Like that doesn't, it doesn't do the same thing for me. Um, so yeah. that's, that's
4: part of that too. My other issue is as a DM, it's really complicated for me to like, I'm already juggling so much between watching my players on the cams watching what's happening on the vtt uh i have 15 different pdfs that i have to like scroll through because it's harder than flipping through pages and you want mm-hmm. me to take notes
2: <laughs> yeah
4: i only have two screens
2: you got the job yeah. of being you know narrator storyteller Improv thing on the fly, reacting to the players doing. Yeah, like I said. Plus, oh, right. now you're now you've got the engineer's job to make sure you know your your website's mm-hmm. working your stream is not having.
4: And I don't even have problems. to worry about the stream myself, but I do sometimes keep an eye on on the chat. Though I generally have someone else do that for mm-hmm. me. But even then, like sometimes it, it comes to the point where I'm not taking notes. I'm just looking things up because someone's already mentioned something and I know they're going to ask me in two seconds. Mm-hmm. And I miss another question that happened in the meantime or something that they've mm-hmm. wanted to react to an MPC. And I was off looking at some PDF and then I'm like, sorry, can you repeat yourself? Because like that'll that'll happen already. So like no time for notes on my end. <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah.
0: You run a lot of uh, published material as well which is yeah. very, very different from what I'm doing here. So I have that same problem if I run published material because I try to be as true to mm-hmm. the published word as I can. And so if somebody asked a quest- asks a question and I think to myself, I know I read that in this section. I need to look at that before I answer. I don't just want to improv that answer because I know there's a written answer. Then I have to go look that thing up. It's the same kind of issue, right? Like that.
4: that's exactly the problem. yeah. Um, Every time we're up, playing in yeah. Realms, I'm, yep. like, Googling on the other tab. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They're like, oh, this symbol is of the God Saloon. Yeah. What, what right. do I know about the God right. Saloon? Yeah. Google <laughs> Saloon. <Realms? Yeah.
2: Right. laughs> it's like, do you, right. like, you want to just kind of improv something in that moment to kind of keep things rolling? Or do you want to say, okay, well, let me stop everything and maybe take five minutes to actually Google that one or search up that one little detail? Yeah. Was, you know, it's almost like you need a TA um yeah for, in, in this <laughs> you environment.
0: Like, need an assistant dm yeah
2: i was gonna say there's yeah. this there's this stream i've seen. uh it's, it's like d4d or something like that it's it's but it's a group in atlanta they actually have co-dms oh nice and the, few, wow. and, the few, and the few and the few times i've watched it and they're and they're running like water deep dragon heist but the few times mm-hmm. i've watched it it's they do a remarkable job of being Cohesive storytellers, and it's like it's like they, it, they obviously they have have probably have you know pre session meetings to say okay you know here's mm-hmm. what DMA is going to do and here's what DMB is going to do as right. far as whether it's rules management, whether it's storytelling, whether it's running combat, and I'm sure I said I'm sure they collaborated quite a lot. On that. It's really fascinating to watch. uh something right. I want to try to just place it, so just get more in depth with.
4: See, that, and in the chat, the one person that I always depend on has already told me what my rules for
2: learning the language was. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to write that down because I, I was actually because wa- I'm in that game, and I was actually wondering that last session. <laughs>
0: um, I, you know, it's funny. That's part of the reason why I don't run a lot of published stuff because I get really hung up on trying to do it quote right, and trying to present it as the writer intended for the most part. And so, if somebody asked a question, I always have to go to the book first rather than just. Like it's just, it's a, that's a me problem, right? Like it's, that's just the way I am. If I'm going to run that thing that's published, I'm going to run it the way that it was mostly written at least the first time. And then once I've run it, if it's like a smaller kind of scenario, once I've run it once, now I know how it flows. I can kind of feel better about it and, you know, and it depends on how much I know about the world. So yeah, there's a lot of different uh, topics that are couched in that particular main topic so um, well so let's move on then I think that's kind of a natural good end to that conversation um, so uh, thank you for listening and um, if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at dndbrief at gmail.com that's d-n-d-e-b-r-i-e-f at gmail.com uh, you can follow us on twitter our twitter handles are on the screen and you can uh, if you want to be so kind you can go follow uh, midgardia patreon.com slash midgardia which is where karu hosts all of her awesome content and other than that thank you so much for listening slash watching and we will see you next time bye bye bye, bye. bye.